What's up, guys? This is Joe. And Chrissy. And we want to welcome you to The Married Life. And today we are going to talk about habits because Chrissy and I have definitely had bad habits in our relationship, especially when we were dating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously we gave our lives to Christ, uh, started pursuing Him, and our relationship got better because our habits really changed. Whereas before, our habits were a lot about ourselves. And oftentimes what we used to do is anytime we had an issue with each other, we would kind of just let it sit inside of us. We would bring it up and it would build up, build up, build up, and eventually blow up. And that was never a good talk, was it? <laughs> no, there's a lot of yelling and crying and, <laughs> and throwing objects. And that was one time. That was one time I remember. Phone flew at my face. <laughs> I don't know how I missed. You were really close to me. I know, and you're an athlete, so, and you think I wouldn't be able to, like, duck my head, like, that quick, but, you know, reflexes like a cat and the speed of a mongoose. <laughs> but so we had some bad habits that we had to break, and this is the thing, like, you just don't break bad habits because you have to replace a habit. Because oftentimes people will think, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna break this, but what are you gonna replace it with? You know, you just can't stop doing it. You have to have something good to fill that void. It's kind of like when you say, you know, don't think about pink elephants. What are you thinking about? Ah, I'm thinking about a pink elephant. Right, exactly. You know, so if you're like, oh, I'm not gonna blow up, not gonna blow up, not gonna blow up, eventually you're gonna blow up because you haven't replaced it with a good habit of proper communication. Right. Because communication is hard. It's really hard, and I don't wanna do it. I know. That's what, you know, I tell, um, our daughter, Kara, she's 21. I said, leaders have to have the tough conversation. That doesn't mean you enjoy it. And that's like in the workplace, leaders have to have it. But across every marriage, couples have to have tough conversations. Right. And I think sometimes most of us just take on what our parents did. Mm -hmm. You know, I never really saw my parents have those tough conversations. I don't think they really ever argued at all. And I think that's where my ignoring or not wanting or pushing it down or not wanting to talk about it yep. came from. And that's me because uh, my dad was the same way where he would kind of cower down and during a conversation or he would just leave the house. And so it's easy for me to just kind of like bottle stuff up and not talk about it, but I have to fight it because it's uncomfortable. You know, like I hope you guys understand. We're not saying that having awkward conversations is comfortable. It's not, yeah. but it's what's best for the relationship. And so we want to talk about some healthy habits because what you do regularly will predict your future. Yeah. And it's just true. It's when you go to the gym regularly, you're going to have a healthy future, right. you know, but if you eat McDonald's regularly, <laughs> you're going to have an unhealthy future. I'm not hating on you. If you like McDonald's, like, listen, like uh, that's not what I'm just saying. Like, you know, you can see what the future is going to be by what you're doing now. Um, it's a pattern that you have to begin and eventually it becomes involuntary. That's what a habit is. Like you, you get so used to doing it, so used to doing it, so used to doing it, <clears throat> excuse me, that pretty soon you just, you do it without thinking. Yeah. It's kind of like us. I don't think we've like nailed it by any means, but when we do have like fights and stuff to be able to bring it up and have those crucial conversations instead of just bottling it up and trying to figure out, you know, three days later why my wife's not talking to me and why she's sleeping on the couch. I would make you sleep on the couch. Well, that's not true. One time you went and slept in the living room. Well, I was young and dumb then. <laughs> this is three weeks ago. No, I wasn't. <laughs> um, and then I also, because I felt so bad, I don't remember what the fight was, but I remember coming and sleeping with you. And it was on the floor and when we, we lived were, in St. Joe. We were newly married and our couches were crappy, so we always just sat on the floor. <laughs> so then when we got in fights, you wouldn't even sleep on the couch. You'd just sleep on the floor. 
I slept with you because I felt so bad. Uh-huh. Um, but habits do take time to form. It actually, science proves it takes 60 days to restructure your brain, to change the wiring in your brain. And so as we're talking about habits today, don't think just you listen to this podcast like, oh, I'm going to do those four habits, you know, like, and you got it. Like, you got to put work into it. It's just like going to the gym. You have to put work into it. And it is hard and it's exhausting. I worked out with Adam this morning. And Chrissy, when I got home, she's like, oh, you're sweaty. Like, usually I'm not sweaty. Like, he <laughs> kicked my butt. Um, and, and I enjoyed it, you know, it ta- but it takes time to get to that place of where he had me. Oh, thank you, boo. My, my, my wife just felt my biceps. That, that was nice. We might have to pause this podcast. <laughs> but just to give everybody a heads up, marriage requires work. And if you work it, it will work. That's just the truth. Anything that's successful in life takes work and your marriage is the exact same. Don't think that just because you said I do, now you don't have to. Like you have to still work Mm -hmm. at it. Yeah, so we wanna ask you, the listener, what do you do to keep your marriage in first place? You know, are you even, is that even a priority right now in your life or are you just living alongside of this person that lives in the house with you or do you have some habits that either are good or bad? Maybe you need to get rid of some and maybe you need to add a few. Um, just take a second, evaluate. I mean, even if you need to pause this uh, podcast, yep. just take a minute. What are the things that you do on a daily basis? I would just write them all down. What do you do in the morning? What do you do when you get home from work? I mean, even on your way home from work, what is your thought process about your family, your wife and all that kind of stuff? And just write it down. Because if you change your life, you can change your life by changing your habits. And so today we wanted to share just a few things that we felt are pretty significant habits that we do that make our marriage successful. Yep. Uh, the first one is a, a similar spiritual life. Now, that doesn't mean that you and your spouse are always at the same level. Like you're always both like rock stars. You're always both rock bottom, you know, but you should be similar taking walk, you know, walking this thing out together, growing together. Yeah. Because when Chrissy and I weren't uh, pursuing Christ, our relationship, we weren't doing it together. (laughs) (laughs) Our relationship was rock bottom. Like it was, it was bad. We were in it together. We were, we were in it together. (laughs) Um, But once we got like our spiritual life aligned, our relationship really got aligned. Mm -hmm. And so what Christy and I do is we go to church together. uh, We attend a worship service together. We serve together and might not be like the same place. Like Christy worked at the coffee, you know, area at our church the other day. Um, I was doing our growth track. Uh, sometimes I do uh, transition from stage and offering. Chrissy doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on Saturday, we did an outreach to the homeless together. Yeah. And we took our kids because we want them to see how blessed we are and how we want to be a blessing to others. And so when I say serve together, it doesn't necessarily mean you're like hand in hand greeting or, you know, doing certain things, but you try to do stuff together because when you serve together and when you serve in general, you're going to create a family, a lifestyle of serving. And that's what Jesus called us to. Well, the Bible also says that how can two walk together, you know, if they're not on the same path. And so if you don't have the spiritual life together, I mean, eventually you guys are going to be walking separate ways. I mean, we meet so many couples where the wife is serving the Lord just in general, not just necessarily serving, but you know, one is serving the Lord, one's not. And it just doesn't work. No, it never does. It doesn't. Um, so we go to church together. 
We serve together. We pray together. Every morning before I leave for work, I get with Chrissy and I get with the girls and we pray. Uh, And every night uh, we do the same thing where we get with the girls and we pray and we read the Bible with them because we're trying to teach them the same thing that this isn't just something that mommy and daddy do on Sundays, but this is our lifestyle. So even in the morning, Chrissy has her devotional time and I have my time, but then we'll talk about it at breakfast. We'll talk about it at dinner, different times where the girls can hear that we're constantly talking about Jesus because he's constantly changing and shaping our hearts and making us better together. And even in our prayer life, um, we'll bring up things that are actually happening. You know, like when I was growing up, it was always like, God, be with my mom, be with my dad, be with my sister, be with my brother. You know, like you kind of just ran through like that. But what we're trying to even do for each other and teach our children is that we're going to pray about real issues. So uh, we pray for uh, the people in California that are dealing with the wildfire. We prayed for the homeless this past week when we were laying Gwen down and we were just praying with her and we were thankful for what we have and we can be a blessing to them. And so we really try to pull in real life and issues that we have. You know, we pray about things that struggles that we have. And I heard one pastor say it this way. He said that anytime you have something you're worrying about, write it down and add that to your prayer list. Don't have it be on your worry list, have it be on your prayer list because then your prayer list will grow and your worries will decline. Dang. Yeah. That's really good. It is. I love that. I should have said I said it, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) If you say it a couple more times, it could just become your own. Exactly. I won't tell anybody. Gracias. Don't tell anybody, guys. That's just between us. (laughs) Um, The second one, which, I mean, we didn't put these in any particular order, but I feel like this is really important next to a spiritual walk, but it's forgiving fast. I think this is such a pit hole for relationships where people just hold on and bottle up and don't talk about, um, the things that are bothering them. And, um, some of you are going to bed angry when it could just be such a quick, conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think there's little things like you need to know your spouse, like Joe, don't talk to him about anything significant after like 830. (laughs) I'm checked out. He gets up so early and 830 to him is like midnight to somebody else. (laughs) And it's like, it's just not useful, I guess. And so you have to know your spouse, get them in the right time. Don't talk to them about something crucial when you're like in the heat of the moment, you know, you don't have to do that either, but don't go to bed angry at your spouse because, you know, you get in bed and then you lay there and you're all comfortable. And then you start thinking, your mind starts running. It's like, Hey babe, I need to talk to you about something. And I hear heavy breathing. (laughs) (laughs) It's been like two seconds and he's already asleep. And then I want to punch him in the face because I'm up all night. But You just have to be so um, intentional about what you're angry about. And I think that that would eliminate so many problems in marriage because anger happens to everybody. Everybody gets mad. If you don't get mad, you're lying. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's You're not a human. You're not alive. You're not. Yeah. You can't. It's not going to go away. You can't just say, oh, it'll be fine because it happens to everybody and you need to talk about it. It's healthy for you. It's healthy for your marriage and it's healthy for your children. I think it's really important. We had a we had a girl in one of our youth ministries, um, I don't know, like seven years ago. And she, we would be in the car. She'd be in the back seat. We didn't have kids yet. And we'd be like, not really, we weren't really angry. This is maybe not a really great example, but we were just really in heavy discussion about a project or mm-hmm. just something. And I'd be like, no. And Joe would be like, ah, oh, we should do it. And I'm like, no, that's stupid or whatever. And she'd just get real quiet in the back seat. And all of a sudden when we were silent, she'd said, 
are you guys fighting? <laughs> and then we just like laugh. And so I do think that it's important to show healthy confrontation, um, which is not anger. Right. It's different. Right. But you do need to express yourself in that area. But alongside of that is humility. Yes. You have to have humility in your marriage. If you think that you know everything, you are only fooling yourself. Yeah. Your spouse ain't stupid. We know that you don't know everything. Yeah. And so now you're just putting on this front and you're making everybody around you miserable. When in reality, you can just say that you don't know everything yeah. and have this conversation with your spouse. And I think that's big for the guys because <laughs> as a dude- No, like women too. I feel like when you walk into my house, I know it's our house, but this is like my domain. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I think women can get this way as well. I'm sure they can't. I just speaking for a guy, guys are very prideful where something happens and we don't want to admit that we're wrong. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to apologize. We want to sweep it under the rug. We don't want to talk about it. Um, Cause again, that's like what my dad used to do. So a lot of times the way that you respond to anger is it's learned from somebody, whether the way your mom did it or your father did it. And a lot of guys, because we just have the sense that, I don't know why, that we, we know it all, that we have it all together. And it's like, No, we don't. You know what I mean? Like we are so messed up. And so to be able to admit to your spouse when you mess up and what you did wrong. And again, like the whole thing for this habit is to forgive fast. And if you think about Jesus, he is just nailed to the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Like he modeled what it is to forgive fast. Mm -hmm. He didn't hold this grudge right away. He forgave. And so if, if your spouse is, has offended you or you know that you offended them, just like Christy said earlier, pause this podcast and text them, call them, tell them like, hey, let's have a talk tonight at dinner, whatever. Um, but to be able to have that conversation and to be able to say, hey, you did this and this is how I felt. And we tell people this a lot. When you actually have these conversations like that, don't be the one to be like, oh, well, well, I didn't mean to make you feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way. Because the example is, is if I'm driving, if I'm backing my truck out of the driveway and accidentally run over Chrissy's foot, well, yeah, that was an accident, but Chrissy's foot still hurts. It's still broke. It's still messed up. It's still broke. Yeah. You know? And so for me to be like, oh, well, I didn't mean to run over. It shouldn't feel that way. That's that's stupidity on my part. Mm-hmm. Like your spouse has real feelings. And so you need to talk about them and just be humble and understand that and love them and work your way through this together and yeah. talking and forgiving fast. It's good. Yeah. The next one, the third habit is quality time. Yeah. I think that, um, we really wanted to emphasize quality time. We've talked a lot about date nights and all that kind of stuff, but quality time. Yeah. Date night does fall under that category, but don't limit yourself to just like a date night that's like rigid in a box friday night seven o'clock blah 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 right that's not what we mean here right yeah uh really even for us i mean we have quality time every morning when we make breakfast you know like literally we i have a habit and again just sharing some that just it's just happened developed that i make breakfast every morning uh it's usually eggs or pancakes or waffles like it's super simple like nothing crazy and uh same thing at dinner chris usually makes dinner we have dinner together we have breakfast together uh, again we know not everyone can do that with your schedule so it's just something that i mean with our schedule we're blessed to be able to do uh but that's like a habit that we get to have and that's quality time yeah um same thing if, if she's going 
in to work with me. Like we get to have quality time in the car. Uh, we said it a couple weeks ago when we didn't have money for a date night. So we just drove around and that was a date, you know, like that was quality time. Just yeah. talking to each other. What are you reading in the Bible? What book are you reading? What podcast are you listening to? Uh, we share with each other again, like what, what we were learning as leaders from podcasts we're listening to, you know, like these small things that you can have discussions about is quality time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, it's really good. And I think that whether it's your love language or not, it's important yeah. because there's only so many things that your spouse can fulfill. A lot of, I think I've used this as an, as an example before. So like, for example, Joe's love language is words of affirmation. Well, anybody could give you that yep. words of affirmation and it's, you know, okay. <laughs> you know, but certain things like intimate quality time, that only comes from me. Yep. Sex falls under that category. Yep. That's really important. That's an intimate quality time that only I can give you yep. and vice versa. Um, and crucial conversations, I think that's a part of it yep. as well. And so you can't really have crucial conversations about our house and our marriage with somebody else. Right. Advice, yes. But you actually have to have the conversation with me in order for it to resolve. So quality time is really important. I don't care what your love language is. And so, I mean, a couple of tips for that. Fight for quality time. When you get home, if you know you're a phone addict, uh, now uh, the iPhone has it where you can like be off of it for X amount of time. Like plan that so you can't get on your phone for an hour or two a night. Turn the TV off. Have a discussion with your spouse. Hey, when is it cool? Like literally Saturdays, like because that's when Notre Dame plays. But now football season's over, except for we're in the playoffs. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> is is like that's like that's like football day. You know, like Gwen will even be like, I want to watch Mickey, and, and Chrissy's like. Like Gwen's our four-year-old, and she's Kirstie's like, nope, today's football day. You know, it's like something we do, but then the rest of the week, it's not like that the TV's on every night. We're spending quality time together, but then also quality time is if we're watching Parks and Rec or yeah. The Office or a movie, you know, yeah. um, because it is. It's just that time together, and it's something we enjoy. Like, I love movies. That's like, it's like our hobby, you know? We don't have anywhere around here to snowboard because we like snowboarding, but we can't do that, so that's like not a big hobby. Um, we work out, but not together. You work out with Tina. I work out with Adam. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one, the next tip for habits. Oh, this one's a really good one. Emotionally healthy couples give each other a voice. This, what? I was going to say holla, but then I was like, oh, that's not really a voice. But it is a voice. I thought you were going to sing or something. It went different in my mind. Okay. Um, this is really important. It's... You, you need to hear your spouse's heart. And that does mean that you can allow them to complain to you about certain things. For and sure. So if, you know, you guys are making big decisions in your home or, um, you know, you're moving, there's job situations, you want to have more kids, you don't want to have more kids, your spouse needs to have a voice uh, and you need to allow them to complain. Now, I need to clarify that there is a difference between complaining and criticizing. A complaint attacks the problem, whereas criticism attacks the person. Mm. And now I think it's so common that people um, criticize. You did this, you did this, you did this, you, 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 versus this situation is stressing me the heck out. (laughs) You know, this is how it's making me feel. This is how I feel about it. This is what I think we should do and all that kind of stuff. And so you need to be so intentional because the majority of us fall on the side of criticism versus complaining. You have to listen to your spouse, but you also need to communicate it 
the right way. Exactly. And this kind of goes into number five, investing in your marriage. I would say if you don't know how to communicate the proper way, there's this new thing out. (laughs) I believe it's pronounced Google. (laughs) If you go to google.com and type in crucial conversations and you order the book, watch a video or listen to a podcast or go to YouTube, you're going to find out how to have conversations with your spouse in a loving way that you give them a voice, that you don't just run over them and you're just making them feel insecure. You're making them feel like their voice doesn't matter in the home. You're making them feel like you know it all. Um, Because Again, we learn from our parents how to communicate, but a lot of times our parents communicate the wrong way. So right. we have to rewire our brain to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's true. So invest in your marriage. So what does that look like? Uh, Chrissy and I listen to podcasts. Uh, we listen to Jimmy Evans. He's like he's like the dude for like him and Karen Evans are the couple that everybody should listen to to like better their marriage. Mm-hmm. Like anytime we do a premarital counseling or marriage counseling or uh, even the podcast, <clears throat> we tell people like, listen, Chrissy and I, we got some, we got some advice, but Jimmy and Karen, they got it to get, like they've been doing this forever, you know? So listen to them. We listen to other podcasts when it comes to relationships. We look up sermon series on relationships. Uh, we read books on relationships. We watch YouTube videos on relationships. Um, we just we're constantly trying to invest in our marriage because again, like what you don't invest in won't get better. That's again, true. It goes back to the gym analogy. Like if I don't go, if I go to the gym once a week, am I going to get the results I want? No. No, I got to go multiple times, and I have to have a plan. Same thing in your marriage. If you want to invest in your marriage and you want your marriage to get stronger and bigger and better, you have to have a plan and invest in it. So I would say to you, obviously, some of you are listening to this podcast right now. But what else are you doing? Could you be reading a blog? Could you be reading a book? Could you be watching a a sermon series with your spouse? Could you be watching something on YouTube? Could you find a marriage counselor? Like, you know, when we had Anthony and Callan on, like they had great advice on actual getting marriage counseling and that so many people have this stigma that means your marriage is falling apart. Mm -hmm. That's not it at all. It's just like me having a personal trainer and you having a personal trainer. That's what it is having a counselor. Well, it's like anybody who who wants to invest their money. Right. Where do you go? Go to a counselor. (laughs) (laughs) You go to someone who knows how to invest money. A financial advisor. A financial advisor. It's the same exact thing. It's somebody that just helps you be equipped to just stay on the right path and do the right things. And so I think that we need to, again, get humility in this area yes. of our marriage. And so, um, and just so you guys know, like Christy and I have talked about getting counseling, uh, together because we don't have it all together. You know, like th- there's, I do Well, you do. I don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> because no, nobody does. And I was listening to, um, Jimmy Evans. He was sharing this the other day and he said, when you think you have it all together and you can't fail is when you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And it's just so true in our marriage that we have to know, man, the devil is always trying to split us up. He's always trying to ruin our family. He's always trying to divide us. And so we have to counter that and be putting into ourselves and building ourselves up so we know how to fight back. Well, here's the thing. Joe and I were talking last night and I told him, I said, if you look at 
well, first of all, I think that your spiritual life is the number one thing that sets the trajectory of your life. But the second thing I believe is your marriage. If you don't have a healthy relationship in your home, there is no way that you can have a healthy relationship with anybody outside. If you can't manage that, it is going to spread and leak and just go into other areas of your life. I don't care how much you pretend. You know, we listen to pastors all the time and I mean, some of them will be honest and humble and admit, you know, like I just, I I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was a pastor from Canada and he was like, he was pastoring this church of like 2,500 people. And he's like, he looked at his wife one day and I think she said, she's like, I love Jesus and I love you, but I will not go to this church anymore. And he was the pastor and their marriage was just terrible. So he had to take a minute. I think he said he took a sabbatical. And he's like, I I can't do this anymore. His church was a wreck. The communication was bad. Things were just falling apart. And so he had to take a minute, get it right with his spouse. And then he was able to grow this thing and have a successful church because you can't. And I know that's different than like a, a company because it's, you know, not a quote unquote like regular job. But I believe that it all applies. If you work for a company, your job and your relationships there will not be healthier than your marriage. It's true. It's so true. get it right. Get it right, get it tight. What's so, that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard it before. But <laughs> <laughs> so again, those habits as we wrap up, uh, you want to have a similar spiritual life. Uh, you want to forgive fast. Number three is quality time. Uh, number four is emotionally healthy couples give each other a voice. And the fifth one is you want to invest in your marriage. And again, my name is Joe. Chrissy. And we are with The Married Life, and we exist to help build stronger marriages, to create stronger families, to form stronger communities. If you guys could subscribe, rate, and review us, that would be so awesome. We can reach more people, help more marriages. And then just a reminder, conference is coming up in February. Yep, Valentine's weekend. Valentine's Day weekend. What a great way to invest in your marriage. Put number five to work, people. Come on, y'all. Links in the bio. We'd love to see you there and meet you. Yep. All right. Love you. See you next week.